As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you had the choice, would you take the red pill or the blue pill? The blue means you'll continue to remain in a made-up reality, while the red pill will act as a locating device and will find your body and prepare it to be unplugged from the matrix. Follow me down the rabbit hole to find out if we are living in a simulation. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Rabbit Hole. I am your host, Danny, and today we are going to talk about the simulation argument and if we're living in a simulation or if it's all just totally normal and there's no simulations out there right now for us to be living in. This conspiracy theory has, like, has officially got me freaked out. I'm trying not to, like, think too much about it because what am I going to do if I'm living in a simulation? I can't do anything about it. If I'm not living in a simulation, well, I just continue to live my life the way it is. So I just need to, like, not go there. But I've got all the information for you guys. And I think that's why my head is spinning is because I've been doing all of this and now I'm ready to present what I have found for you. If you have seen the movie The Matrix, then you totally understand my reference at the very beginning of the episode. But if you haven't seen it, well, stop the podcast right now. Go on a three-movie bender and watch all three Matrix movies and then come back. Also, if you love Keanu Reeves, then you will for sure go watch those. And if you love him and you haven't seen them, well, I don't know who you are. Anyway, back to this. We may or may not be living in a simulation and t- before we get into that guys i put out a patreon go be patrons and get extra episodes every month extra things i'm gonna do like a live where you guys can ask me questions or whatever um i have i i think i'm gonna i, I have a lot of bloopers when i record this i edit them out so this is like a really cool calm collected like finished product so you think like wow, she's really good at podcasting. I'm not. I just am really good at editing and it makes it sound like I'm good at podcasting. However, I've thought about doing like a bloopers reel where I just like record everything and then like pull out, like obviously I'd have to do a lot of editing at the end, you know, and pull out all the bloopery things and put it into like a little audio for you guys to laugh at. So if you want that, let me know. But uh, that's my plug for Patreon. Go check it out. Anyway, on to the simulation argument. This has got my head spinning. So here we go. In 2001, a Swedish philosopher, his name is Nick Bostrom. He published a draft of his paper and then later he like fully published his actual paper, I think in 2003. 
presenting his simulation argument. The paper argued that at least one of the following three things are true. Number one, the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a, quote, post-human stage. So we won't ever see a time of, like, technological maturity, meaning no civilization ever or will ever, has ever or will ever, reach an age of technological maturity. Every civilization out there before us has gone extinct before they've met technological maturity. Whether it is from their own doing or like a force of nature, force of God, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're completely gone extinct. Number two, any like post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history. So this means that if a civilization does reach that like technological maturity, they do not run simulations as to what could have occurred instead of basically what did occur or just like run simulations like for the hell of it. I don't know why, but, or they have deemed it like unethical or for some other reason, like they just don't run simulations. They're not interested in it. It's unethical because I mean, if we are in a simulation, we feel things. We are living these things. These things are very real to us. Even if it's a simulation to whoever's running it, this, it's very real to us. This is our real life. So they could have deemed it unethical in the future. Maybe. Potentially. That's, that's number two. Number three is that we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. So you got three options here, right? So this suggests that if we become post-humans who run ancestor simulations, we are living in a simulation ourselves. According to an article that I found from the Psychology of Extraordinary Beliefs at Ohio State University, quote, ancestor simulations is a belief proposed by Nick Bostrom, a professor at Oxford University, he believes that in the future it will be possible to simulate the actions of all the neurons in the brain and stimulate the sensory input to the brain with enough accuracy to convince the simulation that it is a real person. For it to happen at such a scale as our universe, it would be impossible, but Bostrom made some calculations that show that a super advanced civilization could do this on such a scale that these virtual minds tremendously outnumber real minds, unquote. So basically, there's a lot more simulated people than real people if this is a simulation. However, if this is a simulation, we are not technologically advanced enough to have created it ourselves so somebody else would have had to create it. Like, we don't have that technology yet. or what? I, anyway. Anyway. Why do people feel like we live in a simulation instead of the other two arguments being correct? Well, I mean, okay, first of all, it seems highly unlikely that every civilization ever has become extinct without reaching technological maturity. All of them, ev- everywhere. And I know that it says, like, this could come from like them killing themselves or an outside force but how and why are they dying before this level of maturity like it's such a it's such a extreme case like every civilization 
or every civilization there will be will die before they reach this technological maturity. Although, if you believe in aliens, and I, I assume most of you skeptics believe in aliens. If you're listening to this episode or this show, just in general, you probably believe in aliens. And they typically come with, you know, spaceships. So um, then you know that, you know, it's well documented that they come with spaceships. That when we see them, they're in a, it's a UFO, unidentified flying object. We're assuming that there's aliens inside the flying object, right? They're spaceships. This would mean that even at their advanced level of technology, even as far, like they're flying in our atmosphere, observing or abducting or whatever they are doing in our atmosphere, they still aren't at a technological mature enough stage where they will become extinct yet. It's just highly unlikely that every civilization is going to die before then or like completely going extinct. It's just, it's, it's seems odd to me. It also seems a bit odd to say that once they do like a, a civilization or us potentially, who knows, does reach a mature state that we are just like, yeah, we're not interested in running simulations and don't get me wrong like i understand like the ethical the ethics behind it you know like being unethical because we are thinking and and feeling and there's genocide and there's there's plagues and there's death and there's a lot of sadness and uh i mean you got starvation you've got i mean you've got things all over our world right now that are not happy things. And there's plenty of happy things. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you have babies or you get married, you fall in love. You, you know, like you win a huge championship that you've been working towards. There's plenty of happy things, but the sad tend, tend to outweigh the happy typically. And this is coming from somebody who's in a first world country, right? So I don't know living in the third world country, if maybe the sad outweighs the, I don't know if the happy outweighs the sad or sad outweighs the happy. It doesn't matter. Right. In our world right now. And I understand the ethics behind this. Right. However, you're not curious as to like, if, if you change some historical event, for example, and this, I'm just throwing it out there because it's such a big example in our recent history. What if Germany and the Nazis had actually won world war two instead of us winning world war two, you know, so what if that would have happened, what would the world look like today? You're telling me that that's not intriguing? Like you wouldn't want to run a simulation just to be like, huh, how would the world be different if this happened? How would the world be different if there wasn't a black plague? How would the world be different? Like there's so many questions and you could run a million simulations to like change things or do things and tweak things. And honestly, the simulation theory makes sense with the Mandela effect we did last week. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Our most precious asset is our time. So many people wish they had more of it. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? But no matter how short you are on time, you will always find a way to fit in things that are important to you. Therapy can help you identify the most important things in your life and prioritize them. Life can get away from you and it can be hard to take back the reins. Whether you need to learn how to set boundaries, become the best version of yourself, or even break generational curses, therapy can help. The best thing about BetterHelp is that it's totally online, so you can fit it into your busy schedule. We don't have an extra hour in our day, so not having to commute to therapy makes it so much more convenient. 
you'll be matched with a licensed therapist after filling out a brief questionnaire. And what's great is if you don't mesh well with that therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional fee. You don't have time to waste. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rabbit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Rabbit. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there and connecting the dots here. But that, I mean, seems, it seems intriguing to me. And if we go back to the ethics for a second, there are plenty of times, and again, I understand the ethics behind this. There are plenty of times that some things have been deemed unethical in America and are done in European countries or elsewhere in the world. I'm, I'm thinking of one thing in particular where I'm like, yeah, in European countries, some, some of them do it and some of them don't. Um, and then in like messing with DNA when you're going to have a baby and you can, you know, they can take the sperm and the egg outside of the bodies and basically IVF. Right. But in some European countries, they will actually like mess with the DNA to try to give the babies like red hair instead of brown hair or whatever. Right. Well, in, in America right now, it's unethical. I watched Netflix about it. So I recently so I was thinking about it because my husband was like oh that would be really cool and I was like I don't know if I'd want to mess with the DNA of our baby anyway doesn't matter it doesn't matter because in this simulation theory for this to be deemed unethical in the future like if they decide not to run simulations it has to be deemed unethical by everybody and everybody has to do it together and you know that there are some rule breakers out there. So even if it's deemed unethical, some guy somewhere, it could be a girl. I don't, I'm not discriminating here. Somebody somewhere is probably like, oh, well, let's just see what happens, right? You're telling me that nobody else is intrigued, like what would have happened if the Nazis would have won World War II? Um, anyway, that's not the point. The point is somebody could be running an experiment by themselves in their basement or in their mother's attic or whatever, right? And even if it's deemed unethical. However, in this situation, in this scenario number two, it did say a, a, it has to be running a significant amount of simulations. And they talk about like billions of simulations. Like there's a lot of them. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's also odd that nobody, if you reach technological maturity, you don't want to run simulations. However, like maybe there's something else in their minds. Maybe they're like fighting an intergalactic war. I don't know. Like anything could have happened by then. But we also already have so many computers like running simulations or algorithms all the time. And we are nowhere near technological maturity to like we play video games such as The Sims or we create small simulations of things that are happening that aren't actually happening. Like this is, we're already, we're already creating simulations. Granted, we have not even touched the edge of technological maturity that I'm assuming that they want us to get to, or I don't know who they are. I now I think maybe, maybe we are in a simulation. Who knows what's happening, right? Okay. So if the first two are unlikely, then the third must be true. So if we've reached technological maturity and we're running simulations, we are for sure living in a simulation ourselves. Elon Musk and Lex Friedman, if you haven't listened to Lex Friedman podcast, I got a lot of information for this podcast from his podcast. Very good information. 
Anyway, they both think that it, there's a very small chance that we're actually living in one of the first two options. They, they both think that we're probably living in a simulation. And if we are in a simulation, there are most likely billions being run at the same time, like I said just a second ago. And they are, they feel, I mean, they feel real. I mean, we feel real right now. This, this feels real. Me talking to you, I feel like a real person. People really die. It feels real. So in those simulations, because it feels so real, the simulations could start running simulations. And Elon thinks that there's about a one in a billion chance that we aren't actually in a simulation because for example, like I just said, if we are a simulation, I'm assuming we're in a simulation right now. Right. And then we went and ran the Sims or grand theft auto or whatever video game. Right now we are creating a simulation and I don't know if they can feel and, and they feel like people die the way we feel people die. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we're not technologically advanced enough to, create that yet however we're a simulation running a simulation and if we we're going to get further ahead in technology we can start running more more real simulations then it makes sense that we would probably be in a simulation ourselves because we there's billions and billions of simulations being run at the same time simultaneously nick bostrom who is the guy that started this whole thing, only puts about a 20%-ish chance on us being in a simulation. Although, he does say what's comforting is that if we are in a simulation, then whatever higher being or power, whatever you believe in, if you believe in something like that, it is most likely some version of us, and they're most likely real. So if you're one of those people, you're like, I don't know if God's real. I don't know. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'll just be... I'll be a good person just in case, right? Or like, I don't, God's not real, it's dumb, whatever, whoever you are, or you believe in God, it doesn't matter. I mean, if we're in a simulation, then technically there is a God. I mean, or like, I don't know if you'd call him a God, but they're something controlling us. So that's kind of comforting, right? Like, (laughs) it's one little thing. Like, if we are in a simulation, well, at least we're not alone. I don't know. So here's some proof that we are in a simulation. Just a little proof, just to like make sure you feel good about yourself after this episode. In a simulation, there must be an upper limit. So like an absolute law. This cannot be explained. It is just basically accepted as an assumption or a given. And in this case, our simulation's upper limit is the speed of light. We have not found anything that goes faster than it. The assumption would be if we went faster than the speed of light, we would crash the simulation Or we would never be able to go faster than the speed of light. I mean, it's also assumed that that is the absolute law of our simulation because we, I mean, we, it could be that we are not scientifically advanced enough to have found something faster than the speed of light. And maybe we haven't found our upper limit yet, but until we go faster than the speed of light, we will never know what the limit is or if that's our limit or if we're even in a simulation at all. Like, we, we won't be able to find out. And if we're not in a simulation, luckily, we're not technologically advanced enough to kill ourselves yet. So that's kind of comforting. Although, there's, there's not really, that's not true. Because there's not really, like, a timeline, like, a time frame as, like, when the civilization can go extinct. I mean, the dinosaurs had basically no technology and they're gone. So, I mean, you count that as a civilization, right? 
I'm sure there's plenty of others that like died well before they even had any technology. And here we have, I mean, you're listening to this on most likely a phone, maybe a tablet. You're listening to this podcast. I'm, I'm recording right now with, I have headphones on, I have a microphone in front of me, I have a computer that's recording it so I can post it to a site so you guys can get it onto your, onto your phones. Like there's, we have technology as much technology as the aliens who are flying in our atmosphere watching slash abducting us. No, because we're not flying into aliens atmospheres watching slash abducting them. So, but there, I mean, there's no, there's no timeline. We could literally kill ourselves anytime before reaching technological maturity. So that's really comforting too. <sighs> this guy, this one's got me guys. It's got me good because I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. If we're in a simulation, they don't want to be in a simulation. Either way, like I said at the beginning, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm done with it. Here we are. This actually could explain the Mandela effect because if we're in a simulation, then somebody could have just changed something and it doesn't necessarily have to change our memories. But then now when we fact check our memory, we're incorrect. And that's why we could all be remembering one thing one way and then they changed it whoever's running simulation and now it's another way there's i mean i didn't i don't think i included that last week in that episode but here it is for you so if you haven't listened to the mandela effect episode go back and listen to that because it was pretty good i mean it's my episode and i think they're all good that's not true i don't think they're all good that's not true but i thought that was pretty good so this is another good example of something that could be causing the Mandela effect. So that actually gives me a little comfort there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, but until next time, my friends, as always stay skeptical and try not to go insane thinking about this theory too much. Like I am currently doing. (laughs) I love you all. See you next week. Hey friends, the rabbit hole is an independent podcast with everything you hear done by me, Danny Mercy. I appreciate all of your support. Please rate and review wherever you're listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at rabbit.holepodcast. And thank you, Zakar Balaha, for our awesome intro.